At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Welcome once again to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast on the Paddle and Fin Network. Hope you guys and girls had a great weekend. What can I tell you before we start? Just got back, back at back, I'm sorry, from Arkansas. Had to spend a few, uh, like a week in the Ozarks with the wife and the dog. It's an anniversary trip. So it was pretty awesome. Never been there. Well, for vacation, beautiful place. If you ever get a chance to go to the Ozarks, National Park or Forest, everything in that area covers all the way down to up the way up to Missouri. It was an amazing experience. I really got to see. Hold on, give me a second. My beer is spilling here. Oh my God! Sorry about that. That was embarrassing. So, anyways, I got to see why they call it the natural state. It is a beautiful state. Loved every minute of it. Got to do some fly fishing. On the Buffalo River, didn't catch anything. It was actually the Little Buffalo River. I've um, never fished there before, and I really skunk it up. But I had a great time. It's a great time. So if you guys, girls, get a chance to go to the Ozarks, go check it out. It's an amazing experience. Anyways, going back to the show, we got a great guest for you today. The Cats Tournament just uh, ended with their classic, their championship. Um, if you heard my podcast, uh, you know the Cats is probably the longest-standing tournament in in kayak series, in kayak bass fishing. Um, so it's we're really proud of it here in Texas. And this year, it was a great tournament. I've had quite a few of the winners from this season on the show. And I'm uh, really excited to have Jeremiah Smith. He actually won the Classic at Sam Rabin. So we're going to be breaking down his big win we're going to be talking also about some interesting subjects related to health and how that has helped him uh, greatly uh, with kayak fishing. So not a great info. I'm sure you guys and girls are going to enjoy this episode. So stick around. Before we go to commercial, please uh, go check out my sponsor, Douglas Outdoors. They have some amazing rods, L um, LRS, X-Matrix, and fly fishing rods, award-winning fly fishing rods. Go check them out, douglasoutdoors.com. We'll go to a quick commercial and we'll bring Jeremiah Smith in. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911, and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. 
This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Mr. Jeremiah Smith, how are you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. Thank you, thank you for coming to the show, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure. How does it feel after that big win? Uh, I would say surreal, you know, as you would never think with a 79.25 on a lake like Sam Rayburn, you know, that you would ever have a chance for the win. You just, you know, but it was fishing so tough. I was like, man, maybe I could get like a third or maybe a second or something because it's staying tough. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just so used to like uh, last year at the Classic, I had a big lead and I blew it day two and it did the same thing. It's like slick like sunny, hardly any wind, hardly any, hardly any clouds. So uh, that one definitely, if you ask me, my friends, it ate away at me. It ate away at me in like, a, you can let that go one of two ways, like negative or you is like, you know, I got to get better. Like, what could I have done different, you know? So uh, happy to have made some adjustments. Thanks to Caleb Helbig that you just uh, interviewed not too long ago. Oh yeah, Caleb Helby, man, what a uh, another great angler. Yeah, he, uh, he. I really like, you know, uh, he just really simplifies things down and easy to understand, you know, terms and doesn't overcomplicate it like a lot of us like to do. I've only talked to Caleb Helbig on the podcast, and it was on the podcast. And one of the things that I like about it, like it, I get the vibe that he's a real simple person. You know, yes, yeah. keeps it simple. You know, soft spoken. Um, and just keeps he's just down in business, put his head down and just does what he needs to do and keeps it simple. So I'm sure that has contributed to some of his success because he's had a lot this year. And it is amazing um the quality and the talent of anglers we've had in Texas. Uh before we even even start with the cats, you were actually took you qualified for the KBF national championship, correct? Yeah, yeah, I went and fished that. So I had the TKC and and the national championship, and then this one. So uh, definitely, the wife was giving me a little hard time, but uh, so she deserves a lot of uh, credit uh, for allowing me to kind of fish it and and uh, make this happen. I guess you know. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's always uh, give and take, you know, when you have family because. In order to be successful at kayak fishing, even in one tournament, there's there, it's not just something that happens. You're not just born with the skill of catching fish, especially with kayak fishing. So, so many, it's, it's very different than anything else. Um, 
So it takes time, you know, it takes time to achieve success. Um, you just don't get lucky and find five fish and win a tournament. When we look, when I was, when we considered the, like I said, the, um, the talent level that we have here in Texas, and we can go on, you know, you know, Guillermo Gonzalez, Matthew Scott, Caleb, Caleb Helbig, um, Brian Howell recently moved to Texas. Um, Jason Barofka actually just moved to Texas too, so you can throw him into that mix. It's really hard to stand out, and you just won the Cats, which, like I mentioned in the pre-recording, or I'm sorry, in the intro, it is the longest-standing tournament. There's a lot of great quality anglers, and I think one of the most prestigious bass fishing in the country, which is like Central Texas, especially when you consider Sam Rayburn being like Southeast uh, Texas. That's another prime spot for bass fishing. There's a lot of bass fishing culture and a lot of talent in that area. How does it feel, you know, when you look at the body of work, what it took to win and being able to come on top considering the big names that were in this tournament? Yeah, I mean, I, I would even add to that. I mean, there's some just some names in there that, um, like Tyler Howe, he really doesn't do any of the big ones, but man, he is just, uh, he, I would love to see him travel sometime, or Jacob Moeller, Rolando. Luckily, Rolando wasn't in this one. You know, he's one of my really, really good friends. And, uh, you know, it's like, and I, you know, I never want anything bad to happen, but I told him, I was like, you know, Armanzo and I are, you know, and Armanzo, of course, you know, so, I mean, so many names. I don't even want to say them because I'm going to leave people out. But uh, yeah. uh, Armanzo was catching them on the jerkbait. So you do not want a jerkbait bite going on with Rolando out on the water because uh, I don't think a lot of people know about him yet, but uh, I think they will. Rolando Nadine or Armanzo, you mean? Rolando and Armanzo. But Rolando, though, if there's a jerkbait bite going on, it's not. It doesn't end well for <laughs> for the rest of us, you know. Yeah, no. He's, uh, he, he's when he won it, when he won at Belton, like he had just. I think he won by something like. I don't want to. I don't want to say it wrong, but at least twelve inches. He just blew yeah. us off the water, and there was amazing fishermen there at that uh, TKC. Yeah, no, Lake Beta. I was actually on that tournament. Uh, it was a good bite. Um, on that one um and i really enjoyed belton it was my first time fishing belton but it was a, a good lake and again i mean top anglers matthew scott was there guillermo gonzalez was there um jacob jr mockaby another one who i got on my podcast he's a great talent ross pinkerton i'm sorry that's another great talent a lot of people don't know about him i fish with him and he is very very savvy when it comes to fishing and really knows how to make adjustments. I've learned a lot just the one time that I fished with him. So yeah, there's a lot of great talents and props to you for what you did, Jeremiah. I mean, it's, it's an accomplishment and the conditions were so tough. I mean, we, we know what happened at the KBF national championship where the bite was amazing and we saw the quality of anglers, you know, there was just an explosion when it comes to numbers. But since then, I know it's been a struggle. It got kind of like a, a North Wings game right after the KBF National Championship. And it kept rolling in for Phil like almost a week or so. And the bite really died down. And it kind of like got to Sam Rayburn. Like it was the perfect storm of what <laughs> for things to kind of work out the way they did in a sense that the, that the made the bite so tough and has made the bite so tough over the last two weeks here in Texas. 
Talk to me about how it felt. You know, was that your first time fishing at Sam Raven? First time fishing there, yeah. You know, and uh, you know that one thing that I was thrown off by is the size. Like I, I mean, sometimes I feel like scale. I, I like you know I don't take the time to sit there and measure out exactly. Okay, yeah. this is one mile. This is one mile. I should have done that because in the practice, I, I, whew, I did some mileage, and I was like, this thing's way, way, way bigger than I thought. You know, so um, and but luckily I was just kind of running around there and wanted to. Yeah, I feel like with all of this, you know, if you just give you know us just a sniff of confidence of something that was working, and uh, you know, just kind of that never give up. I don't like to go into a tournament without just having that little bit of a sniff, and I really didn't have it. Last 20 minutes, I'm coming in, and uh, that's whenever I, uh, I I got that, and I got it really good. So it really gave me gave me a lot of confidence going into it even though i had a 79.25 on day one i lost three big fish and had another good fish so i mean i could have been well up there in first you know so uh, uh i made some uh, adjustments that night uh, getting ready for the next day and uh, uh i did not i lost one fish because the I set the hook and the real seat came off or the reel oh, came man. off the real seat. Yeah. i hate when that happens <laughs> And that's with a very uh, pricey rod, so uh, I don't know if I need a real seat in it. I think that's probably what it needs or something, because uh, I had an NRX in the past, and I sent it off to uh, G Loomis, and because uh, it did the same thing, and they said that's all you need is just a real seat. So I'm hoping that's all it is, because you know it was working good in the day two. Maybe we can get you into Douglas, man. Get some Douglas rods on your hand. Try them out. Oh. See what you think? <laughs> Shameless. Plug yeah, there. maybe. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, there's just so many rod companies anymore. I don't even know kind of which ones. I've, I've been using like mainly a lot of Kistlers uh, yeah. and so forth. Uh, Armonzo was sponsored by them, and so uh, could get a good good deal through him. Nice. Definitely some quality rods company too here. Uh, TFO is, is another big one right here in Texas. Um, so let's go, let's start with day one. How would day one, you know, take me through day one. How did it start it? How did it go? And how did it end it on day one for you? Yeah, I mean, we got a half hour of free run time. So uh, I kind of measured it out and it was a mile run. So uh, I knew I would get there and just be kind of sitting around. And I talked to Mike Mashall and uh, man, that guy just, he gives me so much good information. You know, just, you just talk to him and, it's almost like you need something, it's going to come up, you know, he's going to have the answer. So, uh, uh, but he was telling me with my live scope kind of what was wrong with it, you know, and uh, I don't know if any of you guys that have your live scope doing this, yeah. uh, he said, turn off. Uh, and also it was John DeVilla I spoke to as well. They were both right there, experts on it. And they said to turn off the automatic, whatever. But then they said, set your pitch. And uh, I, I'm not a big live scope guy, but I did set it and I'm sitting there waiting and I just see bait and fish all over the place. So I was like, oh, OK, that's good. But um, I don't know if I was the only one that suffered uh, from this, but it, it feels like it's going to be the most epic fishing that you're ever going to have on yeah. Sam Raven because it is the foggiest lake. It just stays foggy for so long. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of going through there when the light gets up and, and they're really not, you know, eating. I catch like one on a spinnerbait. And so I'm like, okay, well, maybe I need to go run. And I catch a, I catch a 
you know, several uh, fish on the fat lip uh, blade bait. And, uh, but I'm just not really getting the size. So I just start covering water and I end up covering so much water. Like I'm just not getting any bites. And I was like, man, this is getting away from, you know, what your, you know, what practice showed you they were on. And so I was like, you need to make a decision now. So I ran all the way back several, probably mile and a half or two miles to, to my starting spot where I saw all the bait. And, uh, I don't know if you saw my pictures on Facebook, but I put up, um, I, I would take pictures, you know, of stuff that the fish were on. And one of them was like, I don't know if they're like a bush, but it looks like it's, it's like a tree that comes up, yeah. but that those would make really uh, dark shade. And there was hardly any of them, but if you found one, you just throw right up to the base of it. You didn't have to do anything. Like just take the rod out of your hand. And That's so, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, so I got back to that area and, uh, I'm catching some fish, but I lose those three big fish. And so, uh, you know, it's definitely was sad. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I, I actually was told myself, I was like, if you don't get a limit today, you know, I got the three young girls. I'm like, just, you know, I was like, you know what, just go back home and, and have breakfast with them. I like to eat breakfast with them. It's something like we go out to eat, you know, at galaxy cafe. And, uh, but I said, I, before that, though, is I'm going to fish as hard as I can till three. And at 252, I caught exactly a 14-incher, you know. But uh, I, something in my post also I said is I think I, I thank God, you know, I thank the Lord every time I caught a fish, you know. So it uh, maybe a little intervention. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, right? Definitely. But that's it, 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 that's exactly what I needed. It exa I mean, just exactly 14, not 14.25, nothing to spare. Let me just get you into the next day because as you've heard, it, you know, a thousand times, you can't win it on the first day, but you can sure lose it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You need that. You can. Somebody said, I think it was you and mine who's on my podcast, um, that R Ryan Lambert had taught him before you get to 10, you got to get a five, you know. You don't, you, if you don't, if you get skunk on day one, it doesn't matter if you caught 10 fish on day two, it only counts for five. So, and that's a good point. You know, you need to manage your fish and manage your catches as best as you can, because obviously we can't control what fish do. Otherwise it would be a lot easier of a sport. Um, but going back now, you, you, you're sitting at what you're sitting in day one. You see, I think Armanso was leading day one, right? Oh yeah, and he, 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 he was up there for a quick start, right? Yeah, and he he had a good practice, and he's just such a nice guy. He's like, "Hey man, why don't you come up there with me?" You know, I was like, "Man, it sounds like you got a chance to win this thing," you know. And uh, you know, uh, I was like, "I don't think if I'm any good at all, you're gonna want me up there," <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, so we, he he kind of was like, "Yeah, I think you're right," you know. So uh, I went out of St. Augustine, and uh, which is it's down from where he was at, you know, but it had on the map, just like the spot that I was catching one in the other part. And I thought they'd actually bite better there than where I was catching them on the main lake. Cause it was a lot clearer. And, uh, now, like I said, if I caught those fish that bit, it wouldn't have been a struggle, but whenever I lost those three big ones and then I caught, lost another good quality keeper, it made it into like, Oh no, I might not even have a limit here. You know? So it made it it made it uh, a little stressful. 
So once you finish day one, you you see what your place is, you see what people are doing. What was your mental state, you know, in the sense of like, were you feeling good after day one? Or were you feeling down after day one? How did you feel uh, after day one? You know, I felt a little bit, you know, down, but I mean, I was happy because, uh, you know, Armando is one of my best friends. He's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet if you don't, if none of you guys have ever met him. And so you always want to see your, you know, if you can't do good, you want, you know, your friends to do good. And, and so he was up there and so I'm like, man, I think you got a real opportunity. And, uh, uh, you know, so, but I was a little disappointed in my score, but then again, I was really happy that I didn't lose it on day one. You know, I was like, I, I could, as tough as it's getting, I was thinking like, I, I mean, I feel pretty confident when I'm doing it. And uh, so uh, I could get a third, you know, maybe, or, you know, something crazy, maybe I could get a second. But I really thought on Sam Rayburn with a 79.25, probably not, you know, able to get a first, you know. Yeah. But, so, yeah. so what, what you get up in the morning, it's day two. Did, did you make, did you do any mental adjustments? You know, was there a change in your attitude once you got to sleep and got in the water on day two, waiting for lines in, was there anything that changed that clicked in your mind that gave you confidence going into day two or what was your expectation once day two started? Uh, you know, the confidence came that evening because I knew, like, uh, I was, uh, I was, I knew that I was getting the bites and they were the right kind. I just needed to catch them. So that's what made me think I, I could get a third. You know, I could maybe something crazy, I could get a second. And uh, so what I did is I made some adjustments to the tackle, which was key, is I changed the hook, I changed the rod that I was using. Um, and I went down in the line size because it's just so sunny. I, I was like, maybe they can see the line, you know, I don't know. Um, so, uh, I made those changes and they were good changes. Like I, I hardly lost any fish. I mean, I lost that big one where the real seat came off on day two, but most of them were, were not coming off. And, uh, one of the things that hurt me at the TKC, I don't know if you kept up with that, but I had on day uh, day after day one, I had 99.25. And, uh, so I was way, you know, like really good position. Caleb had 99.5. Uh, so we were in great position, but the next day I switched over to the Whopper plopper, which I'd like to throw on braid. And I do the concept Z and I don't, I've lost so much money <laughs> on that concept Z. If you have one of those, throw it in the trash. It's kind of, that's what my head, you know, just throw it in the trash. But uh, the, the problem is, is when you try to have the drag all the way up at so yeah. 22, it's legit. Like, it will not move. But what it does is it rips a hole on those big fish. So you lose the big fish. They can do that head turn, and they've ripped enough hole that the barb's not big enough to hold it. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, you know, and, of course, I've got big fish. So I'm not saying a person can't ever catch a big fish on it. But, I mean, the essence of tournament fishing, I think, is odds. You're trying to get the odds in your favor, right? Yeah. And so, um, but if you try to set the drag down, now you've got an even worse problem, I think, than having it on max drag. And it's just like you try to dig into the fish, and it's like you're a little hamster on a wheel. You can never get into that fish. <laughs> I know what you mean. Oh, uh, and then they, uh, there's one other bad thing, is instead of it giving the line out to that fish, it doesn't do that. Like, you know, it's just like, it's like the madness thing. Uh, so day one, when I had that 99, Five. I was using the Daiwa uh, Tetula 
I don't know if you seen their new one. It's like 6.7 ounces. And I, I just really like that reel. And when I was catching fish and they'd surge, you know, it would just spit your line out there. It's just, you just took it for granted, you know. And uh, so I just, when I got, I was like a little disgusted after that uh, TKC. I retired all the Revos. I retired the uh, Concept Zs and just going straight in Iowa now. And uh, it's working out. It's working out. <laughs> How did that conversation with the wife come up when, when they saw the bill? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I think I do it the same way everyone else does. Is that it's just kind of like there isn't a conversation. It's better to ask for forgiveness yeah, and yeah. for permission. Look, look at that bird over there. You know, don't look at her. You know, look. Luckily, you know, is, uh, you know, she doesn't give me a hard time and, and so forth. So, but uh, she, she does something that's really good is, you know, it's like I'm away from the family and I'm doing this big national champion KBF tournament or the TKC $5,000 and I'm in position after day one, you know, she's like, I was like, yeah, I can win some money for the family maybe, you know, or something like that, you know? And she's like, don't say that. She's like, just admit you want to go fishing. You know, and I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, and so it's, uh, so she kind of keeps me uh, humbled, which I think is really, really good. That's really good. So um, what, uh, what baits were you throwing on day one? And what baits, or did you keep throwing the same baits on day one than on day two? Uh, yeah. as well? On day one, I threw the spinner bait and I got the, the most bites in the morning on the fat lip um, blade bait. Um, you have to be careful what you call those things or whatever. He makes his own bladed bait and stuff like that. Um, and that thing at the national championship, it saved me every single day. So like if you're having good luck on a, on a, like a jackhammer, you better buy a few of those. And, and I think what's happening with these fish is they just get so conditioned yeah. that they can lay off that stuff now. Like Decker, a jackhammer used to be just, absolutely amazing and they got hammered for like i don't know two and a half years uh and now they know exactly how to come up knock your bait and not eat it they are amazing at it <laughs> they know how to do it perfect you know and uh so uh so to have that bait it man it saved me every you know day and so like i didn't have like some amazing finish i think i was in like the 40s or something like that but i mean there was like i don't know like 350 Yeah, you know, competitors are 360, so it's not like it's horrible, but it would have been horrible if I didn't have that. So that thing was getting me the most bites. Um, but really, um, my practice told me is like once that sun really gets up and hot and burns off all that fog, that's whenever I had confidence to catch them. Um, which is kind of weird in the old. I remember watching Bassmasters, and you'd always hear them talk about like, oh, when the sun comes out, you know. Yeah. Uh, You know, that's when I was catching. I was like, man, that's not how it works for me. I catch yeah, them first no, thing in the morning. You know, like, it's easy then, but I certainly don't want it to get all sunny and stuff. But now that I know how the fish kind of set up and stuff, it, you know, it, it definitely puts them in very obvious places, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge learning. I mean, it's, you have to spend time on the water um, and also kind of like, even kind of surround yourself with when you go on the water trying to like you know try to learn with people um 
there's so much that's one of the things i love about the sport it's not just something you can go out and practice and be good at it it takes everything out of you to to be able to win a tournament you know you have to like i don't say you have to but um if for like example like me i wasn't born in a bass fishing culture you know like some of the guys out there that's been doing it for decades so to me it takes a lot of like watching youtube videos having conversations with people that have done it for years you know whenever i get a chance to talk to somebody either on the water or on the boat ramp it just pick their brains um listen to podcasts uh main reason why i got into a podcast is to be able to have conversations with people that uh that have been there and done that and it's it's that that's one of the beautiful things about the sport you know just the knowledge and trying to match it with your skills and improving your skills, you know, from, you know, being able to skip uh, a jackhammer on their docks to, you know, uh, work, find the right cadence to a jerkbait, have the patience to work a net rig or a jig. There's a lot of things at every level that just takes everything for, for each one of us to kind of like be able to win a tournament and be consistently good at it, at least in catching fish. And it's, it's hard, but it's, it's a hard part that makes it great. I think it's just amazing. And I've always, I've always said it on my podcast and that's one of the things I love it. Um, going back to day two, when did you realize, okay, I have a shot actually at winning this. Did that ever cross your mind or were you surprised at the end that you were, that you won? Uh, did you see my expression whenever I, I, I posted up a picture on my Facebook of uh, whenever I caught that uh, <laughs> big fish? Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a Garamo fan. I think everybody likes, you know, Garamo. He's, you know, he's kind of just like uh, a good ambassador for the sport. And yes. uh, any of us that remember uh, the TOC, uh, he had, I think he had a GoPro, so I didn't have a GoPro. But uh, whenever he caught that fish, just he posted up his expression. He's like, do you think I look excited, you know? And uh, uh, all that was just one of the things that went through my head at that moment is the snap mine. And, uh, you know, it was just uh, that, I would say, made me think, okay, we're, you know, what Skeet Reese used to say, we're cooking with gasoline now, boys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I was, uh, I was jacked. And I mean, because literally the thing that really surprised me is uh, I, I don't like to look at the leaderboards because usually it only makes me feel worse, you know, <laughs> like, oh, God, <laughs> and I'm doing horrible here, you know. And uh, when I looked at it, and I was like, huh, I've turned in three fish and I'm like in third place. Like, what is going on? These guys are sandbagging. Like, you know, like, I know they're sandbagging, you know, and uh, especially since what happened to me like last year, you know, is that, you know, Adam had this huge big, you know, day, day two. So I was just waiting for him to go off or Tyler or, you know, any Jacob, you know, but, uh, but, you know, no. And then I caught that 18 and then I think I looked at the board and I was in first and it looked like, I think I had like two and a half inches at that. And I was like, man, it's been really tough, you know? And, uh, could it happen? Could could I like, you know, like you want to kind of like let yourself indulge in it for a little bit. It's like first now and there's hardly any time left, you know, so it's not impossible. It's not likely, but it's not yeah, impossible. There were a couple of them below you that were really, 
you know, there's a difference. Everybody now has caught their 10 fish, and it's just a question of upgrading. But when you look at guys, it's like, oh, he has three fish. So if he catches two, then, you know, he's back in the race, which that kind of gives you an advantage. You have more, you know, kind of like um, more room to work with, right? Um, versus trying to upgrade inch by inch. And I think Armanso was close behind you. And I think he got, well, last time I saw and I, and I may, I'm either not remembering the names right or. It was, uh, it, was uh, it was Aaron Spry, I believe. And uh, yeah, if, if it was major league fishing, uh, Aaron Spry would have absolutely destroyed us all. <laughs> it, it, I, I, I talked to him at the way in there and he said he had 20 plus keepers on day one and he had 30 plus keepers on day two. So thank goodness we weren't doing MLF because remember my day one, I squeaked in it with a 114 incher with 252 yeah. left. <laughs> you know, so uh, better to be lucky than good sometimes, right? Yeah, definitely. But yeah, they were. They were. I was looking at it, the leaderboard, and I was like, "Man, Jeremiah Smith." But if I can't remember who he was, if he catches two more fish, um, and I and I thought it was Armando. So I was like, "If he catches," because I know he had a big day on day one. So I was like, "Man, if Armando gets his limit, it's gonna be a hard to beat." Even for Jeremiah, Jeremiah's gonna have to do some upgrades. Now I don't know if uh, you got to do some upgrades or Armando got to caught his five fish. But regardless, it it definitely at the end of the day, it was a tough bite on both days. And conditions that you, like I said, we weren't, I don't think anybody saw this coming for the last two weeks, how hard the bite has been after the KBF National Championship. So to do what you did in those two days was pretty awesome. And I mean, deserving of the respect, we don't, we're not, well, at first glance, you're not going to see that big number jump out like, oh, he got, you know, Mark Pendergraf with, with 213 inches, which is amazing, but really that the 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 bite is one going to dictate really the numbers, and then it's up to the talent of each angler to match what the bite is. And on this case, the bite was just tough. Your talent, your skills stood above the rest. Being able to fish under those tough tough conditions we've had, and especially in San Bray, which is such a big lake. So again, props to you, uh, Jeremiah, for what you did. Big congratulations. Is this the biggest win you've ever had in your tournament oh, career? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I previously I won the uh, Cats Classic, uh, not last year, but the year before that. So apparently, I uh, uh, show up in uh, in the classics there, you know. So, in uh, last year, I had a really good shot at winning, and I just blew it, you know. But I mean, I honestly, I've said it before, is I feel like I learned more from losing than I ever do from winning, you know, and, uh, you know, taking my lumps from Caleb recently, uh, you know, I've, I've reached out to Brian Howe in the past and, uh, you know, just, uh, he's really helped me with like the grass game. Now, if only I had a lifeline to reach out to for the punching. Uh, but I mean, like here in Austin, as I, I mean, you could go to Decker, but it just gets pounded. I would love to find, uh, someplace that I can go and like kind of, you know, get the confidence up in the punching because it, it does seem like um, the guys that kayak fish that know how to do it, um, it, it can be a, a game changer, you know. Uh, it didn't obviously wasn't presented itself in this one, but, uh, it, you know, it, I've seen enough to know that I need to, to learn that and I need to learn it well, you know. And, I, and especially on East Texas, 
punching is a big thing over there. When you look at Lake Athens, uh, Lake Fork, I that's how I got my second place, and that's how I got beat by Barrett Prendergraft. So if you ever leave a lifeline to uh, how to punch, go talk to Mark Prendergraft because he is really good at it when it comes, especially uh, on a lake like Lake Fork. And that I've that's my the most success I've had at punching grass has been a Lake Fork. Um, right. and, but it, it is, it, that's something that I've gotten a lot this year. Like when, when I started kayak fishing, it's like, well, why am I casting to the bank? That's what I was casting. I just got a kayak. Let me go out there. Um, which is not bad. I mean, but you come to realize pretty quickly the bite out there in open water is a lot, you know, especially on high pressure lakes. It's a lot tougher than the shore bite, you know, or, or, you know, banging the shores, even if it's on your kayak. But punching is something that I've kind of like obligated myself to do more because it to me it's tough, especially living in uh, Central Texas or not Central Texas, I should say North Central Texas. The closest lakes around me that they're not really you know when you talk about Windy Lake, we talk about uh, where, where are you out of? Where, where are you out of right now? Fort Worth. Fort Worth. Okay. Oh man, you're in bass fishing heaven there, right? Uh, uh, I, I mean, there's some lakes I like, like, there's lakes like Grapevine, which is a tough lake, but I love to go because, like you said, you know, you learn a lot from, you know, from when you really have to struggle for the bite, that's when you learn a lot. Um, I think when you go to, like, Lake Fork, um, which is the first time I went to Lake Fork, I was, like, you know, catching fish up and down. Not, I didn't at any point think it was because my talent level was at that point. It was just, just Lake Fork. <laughs> it was a great day at Lake Fork. <laughs> you so, know, I, I have a totally different experience at Fork. Is I mean, I've had some good finish. I had a fourth in the, I think it was the Bass Masters that happened not too long ago. But it, it, I have to work for it, man. As they just yeah. do, they don't just hop in the yak for me. So I was like, whatever you're doing, let, let me hear it because it, it's, it's not. <laughs> just, okay. There you go. Punching and deep into the creeks and stay away from the 14 foot gators. <laughs> Uh, okay. I don't, that in say, don't say the gator. Don't say the gator because then we know exactly where you're at. There's only one spot that has that. No, gator. there's a, there, there's a few. Well, there's gator. There? Even if okay. even if they know the spot, trust me, they're not going there. I okay. mean, I I saw some pretty prehistoric monsters, and I figured now I know why I got this spot to myself. There was some pre-fishing. Now I realize why I got this spot to myself because nobody in the did, right mind would get into this spot. I don't know. Like, do they bother you? Like, I'm just like, I've never heard of anybody ever like no, getting well, attacked from a gator. The only thing that I have heard about is like that they will come up and eat your fish. So I was a little concerned with that. You know, it's like, let me keep my hand back. <laughs> did you ever but, saw that post form uh, in exile now from kayak fishing, unfortunately, for better or worse? Mark Coates, um, that uh, he got a gator getting kayak. Now, he was like a like uh i don't know it was like three foot long gator according I, I saw the pictures um i mean if the story is what it was told that was i think on well that was just a one day tournament um at lake fork this year um the bass masters and the gator got inside his kayak i think he had what? like some you know stick bait you never saw the picture no no i never seen yeah, that gator wow. got into his kayak wow Okay, but it of, wasn't. That's kind of cool. Though. I was like, if I would rather a gator. Well, I don't know what. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know what you mean by cool, but okay. I would like that way more a little gator than uh, than a snake, you know, like a poisonous snake. You know, give me a gator every time. Unless it's like mating season and then like the mother's going to come and just like, Yeah, no. But yeah, like so the, like three foot gator, like, you know, I don't know if it can't really do anything to you, right? I mean, it, 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 it's mouth is still full of teeth, and it's still one of the most powerful bites on the animal kingdom. I'm pretty sure it's, you know, it's it's not going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, well, I, did, I guess I just lost a lot of the, uh, the scare because the guys, you know, they were telling me, yeah, uh, with gator, you just hold their mouth shut like that, and they can't, they can't bite you. <laughs> That's a, <laughs> so I'm, I'm like totally, I don't like, know. You know. I don't know who told you that, but I don't know who is going to be in the right mind stick their hand out to hold <laughs> their mouth open. <laughs> I mean, to hold their mouth closed. Oh, man, they were telling me all kinds of stuff, too. They're like, oh, yeah, you just sit on its mouth, too, you know, and just wait for your buddy to come. But they're like, if it starts to swerve, you might be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. But, know. you know, we, we were drinking some margaritas and at the stump there at Sam Rayburn. So, you know, we were having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I saw. I don't think they bother you. I ran into a couple of them, and what I mean, I ran into is like I was hitting the bank, and when I look at the bank, they were like 15, 20 feet away from me. But my, the one that scared the crap out of me, I was going into that cove, and it was like I think it's. I saw on the Google Maps there's a uh, there's a walking trail that's called um, Terror Trail, and now I realize why it's called Terror Trail because it's. <laughs> prehistoric monsters there so i'm going to a creek where it's like it goes from like two inch deep to like all of a sudden 10 inch deep 10 feet deep and i'm thinking oh there's got to be fish here like this is a pool right here and i throw in a jackhammer and i get it snag and i'm just kind of like you know jerking the rod trying to get it loose and all of a sudden i feel and i hear some movement in this this 12 10 foot monster raises his head and starts looking at me because i've caught his attention more than likely he's just more concerned about his safety but right. i don't know that <laughs> like i don't know what his intention is when he raises his head and looks at me and i was like i the fact that this animal if it decides it wants to eat me there's nothing i can do is an uneasy feeling people tell me like no it's not gonna harm you <laughs> i know that they may not I mean, you're probably right, right. they're not yeah. but just the fact that it only it takes for them to say, eh, you know what, I'll give it a try. <laughs> and then I'm dead. So, no, the fact that I cannot be able to hold him or stop him from eating me is just, you know, knowing right. that I don't have that option, it's really their option. If they want to eat me or not, then it's not, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You may end up getting me scared of him. But, like, right now, I, I haven't been. But, yeah, maybe if we keep talking, I, I will. Uh, Andrew Jacobson told me that he uh, had once – Tail slap is yak. Now, if one does that to me, I'm gonna leave. Oh, that, yeah. That's oh, gonna work. You, know, <laughs> you give me a little tail slap, I'm probably I'm just gone. Yeah, you know, no, but, uh, I think you know if, if I get in an area where one's at, you know, it's like probably do something stupid. You know, like stand up with my rod tip, make myself real high or something. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you yeah, have a GoPro. Man. Make sure you have a GoPro recording so we can have found footage. Oh, this is what happened to him. Oh uh, yeah, that's not smart. I'd do the same thing if like snakes are around. Like, Get out of here, and I'll start smacking the water and stuff. You know, I don't like the snakes to be around. So, and they but get curious. Bet- They'll come up right to up to your kayak, man. 
Yeah, I did see uh, at Lake Fork because they have a lot of times Lake Fork in the cooler months that someone, you know, and like, I don't know, I'm pretty sure that it was real, you know, but uh, he had one because, you know, uh, your warmth from your body is kind of set in that little spot right behind you in your hobie seat. <laughs> and like, uh, I feel like I would put my hand back there for just, I don't know, whatever reason, like, you know, so I was like, you could probably get bit, but. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. The snakes are the ones that I'm a little more concerned with. Yeah, no, I don't. Mm. I don't blame you on that one. There can be some big ones here too. Um, but anyways, that yeah, we we went up the the rabbit hole on the wildlife there. Talk to me a little bit about um the conditioning. We were talking in the pre-recording about some of the stuff that I've recently discovered, and I think it's pretty awesome. But you're more um you're more deep into this, and it obviously according to what you told me, it brings, has brought you a lot of benefits and actually helped you on the water when it can be a physical sport every now and then when you're doing kayak fishing. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I got on the, uh, CAG in water and, uh, what it is, it's molecular hydrogen. So it helps kind of penetrate like every cell in your body. And one thing that would happen to me, uh, on the water is, uh, I would, uh, um, uh, you kind of like you lose your focus really bad. And so it's really helped me. You get like so hydrated uh, and it, it almost like to me, I would describe it as like it, it feels like an, to me, like an, like kind of like you get an IV, you get really hydrated. And uh, I make myself drink this throughout the day. So that way I can keep my head about me because, uh, you know, I definitely, you know, turning back at that point, I was like, man, you're going to lose a lot of fishing time. You know, you have to, in a kayak, you got to make like some hard decisions because you just like, you know, I originally came from the bass boat world where, oh, it's not working here. Well, let me fire up and go over here. Yeah. Now, like now your decision making is very hardened, you know, so uh, it, it helps me with that. And then uh, I also, the other thing is the biogeometry. And, uh, you know, it, it's something that um, if it wasn't uh, someone that I really trusted had told me about it, I would never, ever believe that it worked or helped or anything like that. So basically you just wear, I don't know if you can see that, but you wear like shapes mm -hmm. and uh, they resonate with BG3. If you go on their website for biogeometry, I'm not sponsored by them or I don't get any kickback. But, I, you know, I feel like if you help people, um, you know, uh, karma will pay you back, you know. And uh, uh, go to biogeometry, write it down, and then look at their, um, like they have an agricultural one. Anybody that understands what I'm about to tell you, you should stop and sit down and think long and hard because it, it should absolutely shake you to the core, right? But uh, so they did an experiment with uh, a, a sweet potato and they put it in um, salt water from the ocean there. It's like one of the most, uh, uh, like, high salt contents that there is in the whole world and it did exactly what you would expect it to do the uh, salt water is poison to the sweet potato so it just shriveled it up to almost nothing uh then they took another sweet potato uh during the same time span they gave it tap water just you know from the tap and it started to bud a little bit and then so here's the interesting part so the third sweet potato uh they put the biogeometry shapes around it and uh, they gave it that same uh, salt water from the ocean that they gave the first one. You want to take any guesses on what happened? Nothing. I mean, nothing in the sense that it didn't affect the, the sweet potato. Uh, That's what I meant it, to say. It, 
it it outgrew the one in the freshwater. Oh, really? So, like, we live in a world that's kind of like a slow-kill poison, soft-kill poison or whatever, you know, like yeah. glycosate in the food, genetically modified stuff. People use microwaves, all this, you know, horrible stuff. So, uh, so uh, that is of a great benefit if you have something um, showing results like that, you know. So uh, uh, I would recommend anybody check it out. But what it did for me is uh, – you know, I play sand volleyball and it's, it's brutal. We like do doubles. We don't do like big numbers. So you're pounding around the ground. I'm playing like these young 20 uh, year old, you know, types. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, it's just been absolutely phenomenal. Um, your ability to recover. And, you know, I just remember I used to always come home and my hitting shoulder would hurt. My neck would hurt. My sciatic would hurt. The knees would hurt. You know, and with the cagging water and that, it's just like, uh, just, did you ever watch that movie Cocoon? Oh, yeah. Where uh, you see, like the old people jump it. around in the pool with the alien yeah. stuff that, you know, it's like, it, it, it reminds me of that. It's just like, it's just something that you would never, ever try. You would never, ever do unless it was someone that you truly trusted had told you about it. And, uh, and luckily I, I had, you know, tried both of them out and it's, uh, uh, you know, for me with the kayak, I was telling you before, it's just mine. It's just so heavy. And um, before I got on it, it would put such a pressure on my lower back. And I think that's why a lot of the older guys, they trailer, you know, is because it's just, yeah. you know, I have to pull mine up these giant ramps uh, here at Lake Travis. Uh, you want to see some of the most monstrous pulls <laughs> yeah. that you have to do manually. Uh, they They put just so much torque on your spine and stuff. And it's just allowed me not to have uh you know the pain and stuff so it's just amazing so i feel like like i said you know um uh, i don't get any kickback for you going and doing you know geometry uh Kagan is direct sales so yeah you do get something if someone bought a machine on that but um i feel like you get some karma by helping other people uh because it will like for me i feel like it's prolonged my kayak fishing not having to dip it into the water, uh, you know, and, and when you do that, you're going to be limited to how many places you can really launch out of, you know, um, yeah. on a lot of these lakes, you know, uh, before the tournament, I tried to go out of the spot and I had to get tow towed out there, you know, cause they have where, you know, it's just a public access, but you know, all this stuff used to be underwater not that long ago. Yeah. And so we buried it down to the axle. And after that happened, I was like, well, I guess we're just doing ramps the rest of the way out, you know, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to make way longer runs and stuff, you know? So. Yeah, definitely, man. That's some interesting stuff. And I've, I've kind of like, um, gotten a little bit of information about it. And I definitely have to do some research as you get older, like you said, you know, the, the, the aches and pains start coming, you know, your knees, your shoulder, your back, it's, it's just kind of like you wake up one morning, you're like, God, I'm old. You know, what happened to me? I'm, I I woke, I went to sleep and I'm in pain. What would have happened if I actually did something other than sleep? I probably died. The American, <laughs> the American diet is so highly inflammatory. Yeah. It is just absolutely awful for you. But uh, uh, I, I tell people to watch this and I'm sure probably not a single person's ever actually took me up on it. You know, even my good friends, I tell them to watch it. They won't do it. But uh there's a documentary, it's called Secret Ingredients. I highly recommend you watch that. And uh, uh, you always hear people say, oh, you know, eat organic and non-GMO. 
But if you don't know the why, you're never going to do it. You know, you're not going to pay. You're going to see that price and you're going to see that. And you're never going to do it. So, um, you know, bringing that up has everything to do with prolonging your kayak career. And like you should not you shouldn't be feeling pain. You know, that's that's your body screaming to you that you're <laughs> that you're having issues, you know. So yeah, hopefully yeah. I get some good karma from telling you guys about this, you know, because, again, I don't get anything out, but I want people to be healthy, you know, and so uh, I've just been really fortunate that, you know, I just, uh, back when I used to do kind of mainstream medicine stuff, I was always sickly. And, uh, once I got away from that is, you know, I just pretty much almost never get sick. Hopefully that helps you. Next year you win an angle of the year award and you know, everybody's going to be joining, the, <laughs> joining you in that. <laughs> well, you know, it's, you know, I, I, uh, I, you know, I blew one of those, uh, not this year in cast the previous year. So I think I lost to uh, Jacob by like maybe a two points. I think it was. So that Jacob was Mueller. Jacob Moeller. Oh yeah. No shame yeah. in that though. Yeah. No well, you know, it's just one of them things is like I said, is I feel like, um, you know, Andrew's always, he, he's kind of seen me take some uh, unfortunate, you know, falls. But I feel like you could look at those, you know, negative or you could look at them as like, you know what? I'm knocking on the door. Yep. I just got to fix a few things, you know, so just look at it as a positive. And, uh, um, and, and that's what I've been telling Armando. You know, he's, he's uh, you know, obviously, you know, pretty bummed. But I was like, dude, that literally just happened to me last year, you know, and, and so uh, – and, and then it happened to me again at the TKC, which was a bummer, but I would not have won this one if I didn't lose uh, severely at that one. I don't know. Maybe Caleb would have been pretty tight-lipped with me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but it, I think it goes – there's kind of like stages you go through. Like when you lose a big lead and all that, there's like, man, how many chances am I going to get to win? Like you can go a whole career and not win a tournament or an angle of the year race. Um, and when you're like right there, at the, especially when Angler of the Year, when you're right there and you feel like this is your chance to win Angler of the Year, it's yours for the taking and you you lose it on a last day, on a bad day. It That's sticks with you because you never know. You're like now, it's not like, it's not like sports, like, you know, basketball, baseball. With baseball, they play pretty much every day. Basketball, they play every day or every other day. So you get a chance of redemption, you know, but when you look at the angle of the year race, it's like, man, I have to wait another year to see if I can redeem myself. And you don't even know. You don't even know. It might take you. You might not even be here in another year or two years from now. So it's really gut wrenching when you're right there at the cusp and you blew it. But you got to get away from that mentality. And I think the I'm not going to say the best way because I'm not. I don't, I've never blown an angle of the year race because I've never been actually close to winning angle of the year. So let's start with that. But I think in my um, diminutive experience is you got to think of it like this is going to make it all the more sweeter when I do win it, right? It's just like you, you got to yeah. earn it. it, it it's just going to make it more sweeter. Just, you know, you, you, next year or next tournament, you're going to just have to work harder and you know, pick what you've learned and how to get better and know mentally what's got to be your mental state to kind of like have amnesia in that aspect. Like, yeah, forget you know, what you, for, absolutely. Don't, 
remember what you did right. Remember what you did wrong so you don't, um, you know, so you don't uh, forget. But psychologically, you have to have amnesia. You got to forget about the negativity of losing it and just move on and have positive vibes going into the next tournament because that's going to that's gonna go a big way. And I think one of the most underrated um, parts about kayak fishing and one of the reasons why we at Paddle and Finn how, now have a segment every other, I think, Saturday or Sunday with Chris, it's called The Mindset. It's because that's such a big, important part about kayak fishing, having the right mindset um, or yeah, getting yeah, into the right, right, set, right mindset or keeping the right mindset because you can you can lose you can get on the right mindset and you can lose it on the next tournament if you struggle so there's that's that plays a lot into it we saw what jay wallen did kind of towards the end of the hobie bos tournament where he got on fire for like two or three tournaments in a row we saw what um guillermo gonzalez did like towards the end now of the Hobie BOS and the KBF where he just, he's just been on fire. You know, it's, he grabbed momentum and he's kept that momentum and we God knows what's going to happen in the TLC this weekend. So by the way, uh, this episode is going to come out after the TLC. So congratulations to whoever, whoever won the TLC. I'm sure it's going to be earned very well and, and the angle of the year race, which is as tight as ever, I think. So yes, there is a certain part of it that you create momentum and you can take it over to your next tournament. Maybe you don't won't win it, but you at least do good and feel good about it and move on. Right. To the, you know, keep, keep build, having building blocks in that yeah. aspect. Real quickly, Jeremiah, because I know I've had you for an hour, your family, man, you have three kids, you have your wife. Um, what's been, What's been your favorite setup? Um, and also, what kayak uh, you run? You said you have a big kayak. Tell uh, me a little yeah. bit about your kayak and your favorite setups. I'm doing the OB uh, 14 PA. And, um, you know, the reason I did that over the 360 is the 360 was kind of having some issues, you know. And uh, uh, Armando, we've, we've kind of just, you know, gone together in the beginning. We just kind of hooked up around the same time. And uh, he did a really smart thing is he, he was, all, he was always carrying like this extra like drive. I was like, huh, that's a good idea. And that thing, uh, carrying that around has, has saved me uh, multiple tournaments because, uh, you know, you can just be going with your drive and uh, it'll just give out. Uh, at the classic that I won, not this, this one, but the, not last year, but the year before that, uh, and mine was doing that thing where if you ever have this happen, I'm, I'm going to save you some misery. Uh, it is just going, then fish do not like that. No. And if you try to fish through it, you will probably not catch much. And, but luckily I had my second drive. So that's why I went with the PA, uh, you know, 14 to just the 180 instead of the 360. Cause I always, you know, want to keep that drive there in case it goes out or in case it starts whining or what, you know, whatever, but, uh, man, them, uh, kick-up fins have been amazing. Oh yeah. Uh, what so, about your favorite, um, setup? What's about your favorite, you know, uh, rod reel setup and your favorite bait? Yeah. I love that Tatula, uh, SV, uh, it's the, the best skipping reel that there is in my opinion, but it could still cast, you know, little lightweight baits, but it's still, 
powerful enough to cast you know, heavier baits. So uh, that's definitely it. Um, uh, probably one of the rods that I've, I've had forever that I, a lot of people hate it, but it's uh, the Evergreen Combat Stick. It's very, very heavy. Um, you know, but uh, it's, been, it's been good for me. You know, uh, I really like that one a lot. And, um, yeah, and then I throw, like, the Kistler Z-Bones. And uh, those things, they're really durable. They're really hard to break. So that's good. Definitely, man. Well, Jeremiah, I've had you for an hour. And like I mentioned before, you're a family man. I really don't want to take too much time away from you. I'm really glad you were able to join us. Um, really excited. I was really uh, hoping that I would be able to talk about the cats. I know, like I said, it's longest standing uh, or running tournament here in the United States. So it's, it's a lot of history involved in it, you know, and probably one of the best spots in the United States to fish, which is Central Texas. Um, so again, congratulations. Uh, what is your tournament schedule for next year looking at? What do you what what are your goals for next year and what are you looking to accomplish? Any big name national tournaments you like to do? Oh, you know, I, I would like to uh, maybe try to get in some of those, you know, bigger ones there. But uh, uh, the the wife uh, has been putting off going to wine country with her mom. So uh, I won't be doing the classic next year. So that's kind of a, a bit of a bummer, you know. But uh, so maybe I'll look at the TKC with, uh, you know, Andrew Jacobson. And I think Chris is putting that on. And uh, but I would like to uh, maybe do like a, maybe a Hobie or a Bassmaster or, you know, something, something kind of big, but, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, honestly, I don't get to spend as much time on the water. So, uh, you know, I don't have these, you know, big goals, uh, uh, you know, I can't go and just travel around the country and do, do the series. Like I was just talking with somebody is I don't really understand how anybody does that. Like it's, <laughs> it's hard to, yeah, no, it's gonna be... like, how do they do that? Like it doesn't dollars and cents. I don't, I don't know how they do it. You know, even like, and I'm not, um, how do I say this without sounding presumptuous or anything like that? Like I, when whole COVID thing, uh, some things, some investments me and my wife did worked out and I was able to get a leave of absence from work. Um, and it was supposed to be two years, but they called me back because things are picking up. And my plan was to this year, next year, kind of go heavy on the national tournaments, even with the free time that I have, because I was I was really just doing Uber Eats just for my um, fishing stuff. You know, everything mm -hmm. else was, was financially was taken care of. I just needed to do something on the side to keep my mind busy and get some uh, tackle money. But even then, I was like, dear Lord, this is tough. I mean... Going from one state to another, when you look at the Hobie BOS, you know, um, Sasquatch in Pennsylvania, um, uh, Fox River and, and Fox and Wolf River, I think in Wisconsin, um, mm -hmm. Darnell in Arkansas, um, Toledo Bend. Um, it is, I mean, and they don't even, well, they don't even have the Texas Trail this year. Um, I think Toledo Bend is kind of like their Texas Trail in combination with Louisiana. But I mean, when you look at the people that are constantly on the top, um, like Christine Fisher, Guillermo Gonzalez, Cody Milton, um, Ross Snyders, they not only fish the Hobie BOS, they also fish regularly the KBF <laughs> and the Bassmasters. It's like, 
how do they do it? But I mean, it's it, uh, it's one of the reasons why you a lot of times it's so hard to break into the um, into that elite group because you really need the time. And we're talking about a sport that you're not going to make a living out of it. I mean, um, some of the elite anglers like Christine Fisher has a good, strong social media following. That that obviously helps her match with her talent, you know, ability to ca catch a check in most tournaments she wins. Uh, Russ Snyder pretty much catches a check in every tournament he wins. So is Guillermo Gonzalez for the most part, you know, not everyone. So that helps a lot. But I mean, still, we're not at the level where you're catching in 20, 30,000 at best. You're going to catch, if you win, maybe nine, ten thousand $10,000 if you win. Right. And it's going to take yeah. you at least a thousand dollars with the cost of gasoline. It's gone way up. Um, accommodations, where well, you can always split with a group and stuff like that. But still, it's it's not profitable. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, God bless them; they can make it. Man. It's that's awesome. I just yeah, we were talking about it, and we were just trying to crunch some numbers and say you know how how it's done, and uh, we just we really didn't have a good answer. It's just you know, but uh, uh, David, don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just like I, I like we crunched them, and I was just like, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know how, but I think yeah, also it's... being away from the corporate world, you know, yeah. uh, gives you that, you know. So if you know, I think uh, uh, Matthew uh, Scotch, for example, is a guide, and uh, you know how good is that? Guy? It looks good on your resume if you know you go like you could take a day off, and hey, I went and I won this big giant tournament. Uh, you should fish with me. It actually kind of, you know, does help if you were a guide, I think, you know, um, that's kind of the way I kind of took it is like, and you, if you were a guide, you could probably take a day off, you know, and uh, so forth. So, and uh, it would actually benefit you. I think, I don't know. I, I think I would want to go with, you know, like, Hey, I want to go fish with Garamo, the national champion or uh, Cody. Oh, yeah, Hill, no. you know? Um off the subject, but uh, one of the things that uh, I think would be kind of interesting for this podcast, but did you ever watch the 10 uh, with uh, Cody Milton and uh, those guys? Uh, I think it was just, it wasn't this year. I think it was last year, yeah. but it was, I'm sitting there watching that thing, you know, and you're just like, you're always trying to pick up little nuances and stuff like that. And uh, uh, Cody, they film Cody and they say, all right, um, uh, you know, he, he just left, you know, and, uh, it was the guy that was in first place. And then he takes this little bait ball thing out and he's like, these things have been absolutely essential. <laughs> he chucks the thing in the water and just starts, uh, and he says it just gets him going and it helped him catch the fish, you know? So uh, I was like, man, I didn't even know those things were uh, like a thing or, you know, like I, like, I mean, so I think it just chums the water up. Have you ever seen those things before? I've seen them. I don't know how I feel about him. I'm not going to criticize Cody Builder or anybody for doing it. If it's allowed well, this, by the rules. It, yeah, it was uh, It was a sponsor for the tournament. So just want yeah. a full disclosure. He's totally yeah. fine with it. In yeah, fact, no, he's, yeah. yeah, he's fine because he's telling the camera. But it was just hilarious. He's like, who was that that he said, uh, you know, I, I forget. Uh, Josh Stewart. That's who it was. He's like, all right, Josh just left. So. Check <laughs> these out. He's been absolutely essential. He just starts chucking them in the water there. And uh, you know, I just thought that was hilarious. I mean, he's one of the, the best anglers, you know, I in my opinion, uh, that there is going, uh, Cody. And so uh, Oh yeah, Josh Stewart. Like, too. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, Josh, too. Yeah. And so uh, just to to see that, I'm like, dude, like, I am just missing the bus because I never even thought to be throwing these little chum balls <laughs> in the water yeah, while know. you're fishing and stuff like that. You know, they're probably not legal because that's yeah, what I, I don't think they're legal that's... on tournaments. It, well, he was in that the 10 tournament throwing them, but they were sponsoring it. So maybe it was only fine for that tournament. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I just... if it's a promotional thing, I mean, I'm not going to criticize. I mean, you have to make your money and all that. You know, yeah. if it's a promotional thing, he's getting paid to do this promotional. By all means, do it. I would too. Um, as far as no, it, was, take, it was part of the tournament, yeah. like it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like a promotional thing. It was just like he was literally saying. I just so I just thought it would be an interesting thing to add on here that I was just like, you know, I was like, wow, you know, I was like, I never even heard of those things, you know. But then uh, I told a friend, and they were like, they were just sold out like everywhere. So. I'll uh, I'll have to try them sometime, but like uh, you know, the reason that I would have never I I think I've seen them before is I never would think to throw it, uh, you know, just because it just seems like you wouldn't be able to do it. But I don't know. I don't but, think uh, you're able to do it. I don't know. I, I, I that's an interesting point. We just actually recorded uh, a podcast of going uh, through rules, and that didn't come up. I've seen it on social media. I just assume it wasn't ever. Um, accepted on tournaments and again nothing wrong if it was accepted on this tournament and it was a way for them to make money out of promotions by all means do it I wouldn't do it in the sense that I want to learn to me personally it's not about yes you want to win a tournament not really about the money because I don't really need the money I mean we all need we always need money but I mean I'm not starving for the money I'm not I don't need it to survive you know it's more like the the respect and um Kind of like the measuring stick for myself, not necessarily for popularity or for anything like that. It's just I want to know that I can compete and go toe to toe with the best ones, and every now and then win, right? That that to me is the satisfaction of winning a big tournament or winning Angler of the Year, knowing that I'm good at it. It really has nothing to do with the money or the popularity. It's just knowing myself. It's just something for me. Can you hear me? By the way, I think my audio. Um, got uh, yeah I, I can hear you perfect yeah yeah it looks like my audio got perfect. stuck so if you're watching yeah. on youtube you're gonna laugh at my face that's stuck but anyways <laughs> hopefully nobody watches it on youtube but um it's so a product like that it's not gonna really make me a better angler i mean it's not gonna make you a better angler just if you if you're getting the fish to bite because of something artificial that you put there then you're not really being a great angler again I'm not saying anything wrong about the product or the promotion side of it or any angler um, getting promoted from them. By all means, if it's a way for you to uh, help you alleviate the cost, do it. I'm just saying about the regular schmo shows like you and me, like me, I should say, um, that are learning to kayak fishing. That's not how you're going to learn to kayak, do kayak fishing. You're going to learn to kayak fishing by struggling and figuring it out. But I mean, who, who knows nowadays with technology how that's going to go um, in the future. Yeah, I, I wish they would go back to uh, like just down scan. Um, you know, la- when uh, the like last year, you know, the, that's that's all I had was just a old hook seven down scan. You know, you can see if there's grass below you and stuff like that. But uh, one thing that I uh, really spent a lot of time on is uh, uh, I'll always get the best mapping card that I can, and so uh, I feel like I could 
you know, catch fish. I, I, you know, I usually don't try to look for, you always hear guys look for fish, but I fish a lot shallower and stuff like that. So you don't have to, you know, see them and stuff, but, uh, you know, I just would rather have a really good map card and, and down scan and let's go back in technology a little bit. But, uh, unfortunately I got the live scope, so I'm going to have to learn to, uh, to use it. I think. Yeah. After shelling out two grand, you might as well try to get some, you know, <laughs> have it to your advantage. Um, I've recently got into this, um, which is the new craze doing Google earth. And the first tournament that I did, it was actually Belton Lake. And I actually mentioned this on the podcast. We were talking about, um, um, the, with, the the reel down, I worked out great. Now in Belton Lake, I ended up with, I think three, three fish, but I found the fish, my investigating skills or my technology skills with this, with, uh, putting um, waypoints using Google Earth Map was awesome. Unfortunately, my hook setting skills did not match it that day and I lost about three or four fish um, and some quality fish. I'm not going to say I lost the 12 digit or anything like that because it was, but I lost some quality fish on that. And it really came down to a lake that I've never fished, but I was able to break down water with that Google Earth, especially if you go out throughout the years. And I know yeah. like in 2014 and 15, we got a, we had a really bad um, dry season, yeah. so those a lot of those lakes were really dried up. If you look, I think 2014, at what was that lake? Um, oh my God, it's right here next. But what where Guillermo Gonzalez put 110 inches? God, how can I forget the name of that lake? Oh my God, I'm gonna kill myself. I love that lake. One of my favorite lakes. I recently started getting it. Anyways, um, that's gonna be on my mind for a while. That lake, if you look at it on Google Earth, I mean, part of the lake is just like dry, completely dry. The the boat docks on the house boat docks were like a quarter of a mile away from where the wow. lake was at that point. You felt bad for anybody that bought a house and had a boat dock because those for about two years, those boats just stayed on dry land. Um, so when you look, when you go through tools like that, I mean, that to me, and I know this word gets thrown out a lot, but it's really a game changer, especially when you don't have the time to pre-fish. Because now you can look and find things that right now, because the water level has been up a lot more than it has been in the last five years, you can really find like gems out there that you don't know they're there unless you stumble upon them on your graph. But now you know exactly where they are because you can waypoint it on your computer, upload it to your um, fish finder and know exactly where they are and what exactly it is out there. So that to me has been a great tool. Now it's not going to work on every lake, um, but, or it's not gonna, always going to be beneficial depending on the season, you know, spawning season, stuff like that. It's just a matter of learning it. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of technology out there that it's really changing the game little by little. And every now and then you see breakthrough in technology, it just takes the sport to another level and we've seen that with the um 360 imaging and the uh, live scope and so stuff like that and exciting to see what's going to happen next you know at some point in the next five years probably going to be another breakthrough in technology in the fishing industry is going to take it to another level you know what i think it is it's going to be like the live scope is just going to have less of a learning curve i think is what it's going to yeah. end up being because right now there is a bit of a learning curve and yeah I think that they'll probably maybe iron some stuff out. It feels like, you know, Armonzo has the Lorance 
and he is already not having to go through some of the growing pains, you know, like I was like, you should be having a little more trouble with that. Like, you shouldn't yeah. just well, see fish well, right off the bat, you know. Rolando Landin said it on my podcast when he won that Lake of Belt, that uh, uh, trail at Belt, Belton. His life really helped him, but he said it yeah. took two years to finally, yeah. I can say that it helped me win a tournament. God knows how many other tournaments he would have won if, if he wasn't, depending on the live scope, but that's the technology. Now, back when he got it two years ago, there was how many YouTube channels were dedicated to a product that just came out? Like nobody had it. Now it's yeah. more, a little bit more affordable and now people have it. And now there's a ton of YouTube channels where you can find it. That's going to shorten that learning curve. But when he got it, it's like, there was no YouTube channels. As I looked, there was no YouTube channels to help me with yeah. my, my, yeah. um, live 360, I mean, live, um, garment. So, you know, mm -hmm. it helped him, um, that, so that's definitely another aspect that's so wholesome social media side. Yeah, he, he's uh, Rolando is the reason that I have the live scope. You know, I yeah, just got started hearing him. Oh, look, looking at the fish, and I caught this twenty incher, and like he is probably one of the best to just like organically. You could just put him on a lake, and he uses that thing, and he'll get ninety probably more than about anybody I know. Like he just can uh, organically happen. But uh, I, I, do you ever, do you know uh, him very well? Like uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had him on the podcast, and I met him on the boat ramp yeah. once. So no, he's a really nice guy. Great joy to talk to. Yeah, I, I feel like we balance a lot of stuff each off of each other, and it's helped us get a lot better. You know, we went one two at that belt tournament, and uh, but uh, he uh, he carries like sixteen rods. Yeah, we were talking about fishing. that. You know, and I used to give him such a hard time, and now he's got me up to going out with thirteen rods. You know, really? about when I do these things. Yeah, but just because. Um, uh, I feel like uh, before you kind of have uh, preconceived notions and I find yeah. preconceived notions are really bad. You know, it's like, oh, I want to go out and I want to catch them this way. That's what I want to do. Yeah. And so I literally try to force myself not to do that is I'm not going to have four jack, uh, you know, hammer poles anymore or three spinnerbait poles in a practice. It's going to be just one, you know, and uh, of, a, of a big gamut of baits and and I, I didn't mention to you earlier, but the actual bait that was the primary, it was actually a crawl, it was a Texas rig crawl. Oh, yeah, so, we didn't, we got skipped that. I think that's when yeah, we yeah. lost the audio so, for a second. Yeah, and, and that was, uh, you know, uh, at the very last day of my practice, last 20 minutes, you know, it's just you just kind of never give up, never say die, right? And uh, I, I went and I uh, was headed back and I, I saw a little uh, thing of wood and threw up there and if you looked at that wood you would look at and you would say there is no fish there but like i don't know why it's just you you want to have some confidence going to a tournament and sure enough uh one just about 18 inches just came out of nowhere and ate it i was like oh that was weird where did that fish come from yeah. and so i was like uh you know i went down a little bit farther and caught another one and i went down a little bit further and caught another one so i was like okay now i'm confident you just he just gave me a little bit of, he gave me just exactly what I needed to go into this. You know, just something that was working and getting multiple bites and getting them, you know, relatively quick, you know, so. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing what a, a one bite will completely change your day when you're struggling. 
you mm-hmm. kind of gives you that confidence, and then you start thinking, "Oh, oh now I can win this." <laughs> I've been struggling yeah, for yeah, skunking for the first five hours, but I got one. I think I can win this. <laughs> it'll give you, it'll make you hallucinate, um, give you illusions of grandeur for a second. But that's good. It kind of gets you in the right mindset. Feels good. Yeah. You might you might skunk seven and a half hours, and at the last thirty minute catch a fish and it feels like you won a tournament <laughs> just knowing that you just get skunk <laughs> yeah like it's like you know it is like it, uh, that's one of the things i love about the sport it's the highest of highs yeah. the lowest of middle lows i don't love the lowest of lows but they make you appreciate whenever you finally figure that puzzle out and it's just like uh, such such gratification you know yeah I've heard the highs are really good. I haven't gotten <laughs> You got second. But place. I heard they're good, though. I can't wait to get there. Yeah. <laughs> you got second to Mark. You know, he's national championship. I think yeah. he's national champion. You're doing good. You know, yeah, he, I mean, he that, was, was, that was nice. He, he put out a video, too. I don't know if you watched it or not, but uh, uh, yeah, he did one on the punching, so you might want to look it up there. So uh, I took. Oh, no, I. I I knew exactly where he was going to be. I was like, I knew it was funny as I said it on the podcast before I went in with a lot of confidence because I, I really, 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 really confident in Lake Fork. Um, Bass Masters at Lake Fork, I did horrible. I personally, I, I not that, that I'm the worst angler, but I'm certainly not the best angler out there. But my struggles with Lake Fork was really, and I think, when you look at the top 10, only Guillermo Gonzalez was on, the only Guillermo Gonzalez was the only Texan. I think the top 10, it was because for a lot of us, that uh, being so close to that snowmageddon that we had, I think it was two two days removed of that snowmageddon, really threw a curveball for a lot of us here locally. So um, Lake Fork yeah, did not fish at yeah. all what I expected. Um, I didn't do good either, but, no, uh, you know. Most things. of the locals didn't do good at all. I, I mean, I feel like I had a really good area, but um, one thing that I'm learning on these lakes is um, you, with a kayak is your big advantage is, is you can go where a boat cannot go. Yep. And um, that was my mistake on that is I went to a place where boats could get there easily, you know, and they don't want to mess up their boats. You know, that's a treacherous lake. So I went into a cove off the main lake, very easy for them to get. And I was catching good fish in there come tournament day man like everybody was in there and like apparently i missed the memo <laughs> like on the jerk bait uh you know bite or whatever i'm sitting there fishing down the way and the guy literally says to me he's like no jerk bait huh and i was like what like <laughs> you know oh, you yeah, I've heard that better, story. But he, yeah and, and uh, i was like no and uh you know i thought that was weird and then i and then i I, I don't always look around with everybody, but I looked around the cove when he said that, and there was like six other boats in there, and half of them were throwing jerk baits. <laughs> but he was just smoking them. He and he's coming up to me, and he was smoking them on a jerk bait. He went past me, and he was smoking on a jerk bait. So um, you would think I would tie a jerk bait on, right? <laughs> yeah, I heard Ross Snyder was throwing only jerk baits in the in the pre-fishing. Um, so yeah, I, I know a lot of people throwing jerk baits, but that. And I never occurred to me again because of my <laughs> um, little experience fishing on tournaments, but I've never would have thought of throwing a jerk bait. I stick, I did with, I think what most of us locals did that was a mistake is just going after bed fishing because there were some bed fishing, but I think that 
that spawning season got spread out more. Usually you would see them all, you know, in, you know, in, you know, hundreds of them, thousands would just come up and, and start spawning. But this one, it was really more like spread out. I saw some, I went to some lake spawning, like really, really late in spring, almost summer that I was like, they're still spawning. But I think a lot of it had to do with, with that snowmageddon we had. Because ha we haven't had that, I don't know, more than a decade here. So, yeah. But other than that, going back to the point, it's like, yeah, Lake Fork is... I felt really comfortable going in. And then I walk up to uh, to the captain's meeting. I see Brian Howe. I see Mark Pernograph. I'm like, well, there goes my confidence in this. But once I got on the water and started thinking, you know, I want to beat these guys. You know, and I want to beat them at their best. I don't want to beat them when they get skunk. I want to beat them where they're putting up big numbers. That's the, it gets your competitive juices flowing, man. And that's what you have to look for. You can, you know, yes, at first it was intimidating, but once I got on the water, you know, I was looking at the leaderboards and I'm thinking I'm coming after this guys and I'm going to give it my best. Ended up being second, which I'm pr pretty proud of. Yeah. Looking back, I probably could have, could have wanted if I didn't put my foot out of the gas pedal after I caught my last fish. Cause that my last fish was such a relief. Um, that I think I slowed down mentally and in my fishing and I was just kind of content with it. And going forward, that's something where you, you got to have that killer instinct from yeah, lights yeah, to lights out. You can't be complacent and you can't let the struggles affect you. You just got to, you got to keep fishing. Like the next fish is the one that's going to win you the big tournament. That's the main no, thing. No, you're right. You know, that's, that's part of going to the next level is it's uh, something that I kind of struggled with. I'd catch them early and you get kind of content and then you know sure enough they are not content <laughs> they are coming like a wolf pack after you so i've really uh, kept my focus in there that the keg and water helps me kind of keep my concentration because if you get dehydrated it, it, i don't care who you are you're gonna, you're gonna have a hard time concentrate yeah so, but I think uh, I'm getting pretty close to the battery dying, so I don't want to yeah. just like. <laughs> give you, yeah. Let me give you a few minutes to shout out. Who do you want to shout out? Thanks, whoever you want to thank, and then um, uh, we'll close out with that. Yeah, definitely. I want to thank my wife, Robin. Uh, so she just keeps, uh, you know, she's like kind of the glue for our family and all that, and she helps take care of the girls and uh, thank the girls for allowing me to go fish and stuff like that. So, uh uh, if I didn't have that support there, you know, I, I definitely would not have the success that I have. Um, you know, the I just uh, started kind of working with a friend of mine, a fat lip bait company, uh, Trent. And uh, he's, uh, you know, got me those those baits that absolutely saved my national championship. You know, it was, uh, you know, like nothing was working. And I would put those on every day and I would catch fish, um, you know, so uh that was, uh, you know, shout out to Trent. And then just really want to thank, like, all of my friends, you know. So, uh, you know, a big win like this, uh, uh, like you kind of alluded to earlier, is it's just the one thing I learned a long time ago is it's it's your circle. If you have a really good circle and diverse and big, and, uh, you know, I just – I talk fishing all the time, so uh, – it uh it's fun for me you know to overanalyze stuff <laughs> you know and uh so just talking that with my friends i feel like that's a big part of you know what's made me successful you know yeah i still watch videos and i pick up maybe some stuff here and there but it's just uh 
you know, that, that core, that group that you have around you is really, really important. You know, so you, you have Armando and Rolando and just, um, you know, just, I mean, I don't even want to start naming names cause I won't do justice for all my friends and help me like, you know, uh, Joe that helped me frog fishing, you know, so, but I just, now I need a friend for the punching and I, I think I'll be there. there <laughs> Let's call up Mark. He's a good guy. Okay. Shout out to Mark Prendergraft, Possum King. So Jeremiah, before your battery goes away, thank you so much. It's been an honor to have yeah, you on the podcast. You. Thank you for blessing the podcast. We look forward to, you know, meeting you on the water. Hopefully be there in a tournament with you, get to know you, get to see you at work and uh, the best of luck moving forward on tournaments and in life is always more important things and with the family. So again, for everybody that's listening, thank you for made it this far. Go check out my sponsor, Douglas Outdoors, douglasoutdoors.com. Check out their full lineup of LRS, X Matrix, and fly fishing rods. If you're going to be on the water, please have a good time. Stay safe. Don't drink beer while you're on the water. It's only the name of the podcast. And wear your PFDs. You have a great time, everyone. All right. Have a good night. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.